Hell yeah. What's up, you guys? Welcome to the Gimmick Street Wrestling Podcast. I am Funky Sam Medina, and I'm here with comedian Pratik Srivastava. What's going on, our fans, our listeners? I hope it's just not my mom. I feel like it's we got we got some more people listening. But, I hope uh, your mom listens. That'd be super cool. She is. She has listened to a few. She even listened to the one that was just you. Yeah. Oh, nice. <laughs> Hell yeah. Well, you got to try to give me some feedback on that. Hell yeah. Uh, welcome back. I'll have a writer review. <laughs> Only if it's five stars. Hey, and also yes. we have uh, Xavier Vacuna. What's up, Xavier? Glad you could be here today. What's going on? Thank you, yeah, thank you. Man. Happy right. to be here. Good to Me see too. you all. How, how you guys? How's your guys' weeks been? It's been a crazy week. Crazy week. It's been a little crazy. A little busy. Uh, had a birthday. Uh, went Happy to Mexico. Happy birthday, by the way. Uh, got back from Mexico. Okay, didn't get kidnapped. Uh, so kidnap-free weekend. I, I think that's good. good. Yeah, no, that's always good. That's always good. You, went to, you said you went to Mexico. Yeah, we did. Uh, we did Palm Springs, Joshua Tree, and then we went to Ensenada for like two days we just crossed the border and came wow out. that's awesome like a, yeah. lots, lots of fish tacos lots of shrimp tacos um, <laughs> yeah. Some champagne. it's awesome i gotta do that one of these days go check that out that sounds like super fun yeah all right you guys let's get into it um so i don't know we have some stuff on the news front uh the first thing is something i kind of talked about myself a little bit but i want to get your guys's take on this uh there's rumors that sasha banks is not coming to terms with WWE with money. And so she may be going elsewhere. And it's rumored that she might show up in New Japan for Wrestle Kingdom in January and then maybe continue to be there. It's it's one of those things where it's like, okay, we also know now that uh, Carl Anderson, who is a contracted WWE employee, he's going to be uh, at Wrestle Kingdom too. So is it a thing of, is she maybe... You know, because keep in mind, we know who's in charge now. It's not Vince. You know, it's it's Triple H. He's a big Sasha Banks fan. He's a mark for Sasha Banks. Is yep. this part of the uh, Olive Branch trying to smooth things over? Like you're going to get to do a Wrestle Kingdom appearance. You know, I don't, I don't, I don't know if this means that she's going to join New Japan permanently. I could see this being a one off. I could see this being sort of a talent trade thing. Which, frankly, that sounds cooler than Sasha Banks just completely disappearing from WWE. I think this idea of creating these quote unquote, you know, talent trades, having a you know superstar go to Japan for like a couple, you know, especially when you have a bloated roster, when you have an overcrowded roster, there's no reason AEW WWE can't send guys and gals to Japan once in a while. I, th- I think that's a great, you know. Uh, uh, it's just a great way to just excite fans again. You'll breathe some life into the industry. I think it's, I think it's new. I think it's great. Uh, we did see. I correct me if I'm wrong. There were some pictures of Sasha Banks like training with like Hooventude and you know training with some oh, different yeah, people. There was, <laughs> you know. And again, it raises uh, eyes on New Japan. You know, just like when Chris Jericho, you know, it was such a huge thing. If we go back just a few years ago, if we go back to 2018, which. I believe that's when the Alpha Omega match was. It was such a huge deal. Like, whoa, mainstream Chris Jericho going to, you know, New Japan. It's not Chris Jericho leaving WWE. It's a a WWE talent going to Japan. And I think that's how it kind of looks with with Sasha Banks. At least that's my, you know, my hope with this. This is more of a WWE, uh, 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 you know. Yeah, Olive Branch. I like the way you said it because it could be an Olive Branch for Sasha and for New Japan. Like, you know, pleasing both of them at the same time and, and creating relations with both of them. I, I like that concept, yeah. that idea. Hell yeah, yeah Pratik really nailed it. Pratik really nailed it on the head with 
the Carl Anderson element is a super interesting one because it would yeah. be, you know, yeah. the first what contracted like WWE superstar going over and working a New Japan event while still being, you know, contracted to WWE. So yeah, do the do the you know planets align and Sasha goes and comes back or you know I I do see that like anticipation and I, you know the kid in me is always thinking like man there's got to be more to it like it you know the forbidden doors and the you know the talent trades which is definitely like a, a trend right now that's kind of coming coming to fruition you know so ah, I'm stuck I don't know if she'll just go and do her own thing or if it is that olive branch and more and more talent, you know, you got Shinsuke going to Noah, like, I don't know, you know, that's it's- another good point too. Yeah. And, and if we recall, uh, Shinsuke had requested that under the Vince regime and they said no. And it was one of the things where like one of Hunter's first acts back was like, Oh, I want to, I want to honor, you know, can we still do this thing? Cause I think Hunter sees it as there, there is that, you know, Vince wants to be in possession of his toys, the old Bret Hart quote or whatever, but like, Hunter sees it as he knows the business is changing. He knows about AEW and Forbidden Door stuff. So it's like, you know, why not let these, you know, one-off appearances happen? No one's saying, like, Shinsuke's leaving WWE for, like, nine months. No, it's it's a one-off match for a retirement match for a great Muda, who I believe they have a long storied history together. So there's, you know, a personal thing there. He's on this – great Muda's on this retirement tour. And, and to me, it only brings more eyes – back from new japan eyes to wwe i think this is a way to just get people you know hey we're showing we're doing things differently now under the uh triple h hunter nick Khan regime whatever you want to call it you know yeah so to me these are all good yeah. things you know yeah another another layer to that onion would be Kyrie sane you know yes. who used to work at wwe so there's there's a an olive yeah. branch after an olive branch there's so many elements you know right. like it's all connected right. so yeah, if she's going to face Kyrie, Triple H could have greenlit that because it's somebody who he's familiar with and who were, the fans are familiar with and things like that. That's yeah, I didn't even think about those elements, but that's super true, and that could be uh, his way of you know, like like Pratik said, uh, opening that forbidden door with New Japan. Yeah, it's a good idea. I think it's good for wrestling. It's good for wrestling fans. I like Sasha, so I'm, I'm stoked to see uh, what she does over there. I'm glad that Carl Anderson's going back though, because New Japan was pretty mad at him for a minute there. Because <laughs> he had the belt, and he was just ghosting them. <laughs> but to it's me, that you know, it, it probably started as some heat, and then they, you know, they just were like, let's just turn this into an angle, which is perfect. Well, yeah, yeah, absolutely. They they released like a statement about it, saying we just want our belt back at this point. <laughs> I love it. There was like a promo video that they it was like it was like uh, Luke Gallows and Carl Anderson on like the AJ tour bus or whatever, and I think AJ <laughs> even pops his head in for a second. Like they're making it a full on angle. Wow, I don't think it's going to pop over there, but you know Luke Anderson's or Luke Gallows and Anderson are both going. You know something. Like I that. hope Gallows goes too. Yeah, uh, they did a thing on Raw. I don't know if you guys saw Raw on Monday where um, they were Carl Anderson less, and they made a big deal about him being in Japan. They're like, oh yeah, Carl Anderson. I know they walked in the building and somebody was like, what are you guys laughing about? Like, oh, Carlson has this video from Japan. He's handling business in Japan right now. He's in Japan. <laughs> Carl's in Japan. They said like yeah. five times. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> yeah, I love it. But yeah, yeah, I would love to see uh, Gallows there, and uh, even more people. I think that would be great uh, for them to kind of do that some cross promotion. On the AEW side, is I believe FTR is rumored to be also part of Wrestle Kingdom. Or is there any other AEW? I mean, talent? AER has to, or FTW, whatever they're FTR. called. Yeah. They yeah, have yeah. to be part of it because they're the champions, the tag champions. Yeah, right. So they yeah. have to be there. Yeah, there will be so, a strong. I have a question. So are there um, rumors? Because I haven't heard present. these. 
But do people think that FTR is going back to WWE? Because I've heard people online saying that they're basically going on a job streak to lose all their titles. And they There's lost definitely the so correct know, me if I'm wrong. They lost so that was the big one because I remember there was like an interview. I think Dax gave an interview right before the Dynamite where they lost to a claim where he's like, I know there's a lot of rumors swirling around, but right now we're focused on these titles. We want these titles. Stop talking about where we're gonna be, focus on right now. And then literally they lost. And then they're like, then and then like right after that match, wasn't there like a tweet or something where like or was it no 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 that was after the Ring of Honor match where they tweeted something where it was like we're done like kind of like a weird goodbye cryptic tweet now is that a work is this you know they're trying to you know surprise people and show up at WWE I I I do think you know I don't feel like they're done necessarily you know with the indies I could also see them just going away to the indies for a year too yeah I'm sure just they... leaving AEW for a little while. Yeah, which you know, considering all the you know trio stuff, you know, we're we're not we're not going to see another Young Bucks FTR match for a while. So I would I, you know, if they're kind of running low on what they're doing, there go somewhere else. You know, I I think that's how you excite people. Is, you know, absolutely. That I mean, that's what they did back in the day, and that's how they kept everything fresh. So, yeah, yeah their booking has been questionable, obviously, and not not even questionable, just I guess lack thereof. That's the only thing that like I can see or hear. Um, you know, but when they are on, they knock it out of the park. So, you know, yeah, I'd hate no, to they do. go. I mean, that was a good match with the acclaimed. They just lost. Yeah. And you, ha- and that's the thing. You put all the titles on somebody. Eventually there's gotta be a right. titles get lost. So, and, yeah. And I do think the acclaim, I think the fans are kind of riding the baby face high, the acclaim right now. I, I do think it would have been, and let's be honest here with AEW, they're hot shotting and hot potatoing a lot of titles right now. I don't know if, I don't know if the, the acclaim needed to lose it right now. It was one of those things where it was like, well, fuck, if they lose it, then where are they going to go? You know, I don't want to yeah. see FTR on dark elevation. Like, you know what I mean? Like they're too, <laughs> they're too yeah. good for that. Yeah. They're a special I mean, attraction. Exactly. You know, yeah, we'll see how many belts they lose in the next month or so. <laughs> if they lose the rest of them, then they might be on their way out. Who knows? We'll see what happens in January, too. Yeah. And, and Carl has not, correct me if I'm wrong, Carl has not shown the belt on WWE, right? The, the, correct. The Netflix. Correct. Yeah. So that there's still that weird Vince McMahon thing of you can't show. Well, the only really one that we have, the only example of that is the Mickey James Impact uh, tie. That's the only example yeah. of a. Oh, and Rick non- Flair from '91, but oh, he did. Yes, that's he a did different show story. That. Did you guys yeah. know? I mean, I'm sure you did. Uh, he was using the WWE World Belt, like real world belt, for a little while, uh, but to save like maybe a possible lawsuit, they switched. And then it was pixelated. They switched to an old tag team title. There's pictures of Rick Flair holding up a tag team title, like from back <laughs> in the day. Yeah. Oh wow. Good old Nate. Oh man. Um, so William Regal. Uh, so rumors are we we had rumors. I think yesterday that he was signed uh, as a VP for WWE, and that got, that got shot down. People were saying that wasn't true. I'm not sure where he stands if he signed a new deal. Uh, but where are you guys on the William Regal leaving AEW front? It was pretty quick. It was, you know, a short-lived run, but I definitely saw it coming. Not this soon, but, you know, it is what it is. A- another another example of, like, there has to be a breaking point, you know? Like, where is Bloodpool Combat Club going to go? Do they need Regal? Do they need the gimmick within itself? I don't know. But, you know, Regal's Triple H's boy, so I get it. They just so changed they did, the uh... Bloodpool Combat Club, sorry. So I, I, to me, it was like I liked what the Blackpool Combat Club was doing 
I do think there could have been a little bit more mileage out of that. But at the same time, I like the story. I love those MJF promos. There's realism to that. The emails of, you know, sorry, you're not ready for us. It fit the story. And I'll be honest, I thought the way MJF turned on Regal, like it was a surprise, but also it fits the the way he concluded that beatdown with the same line from the email. While maybe this was a, maybe this wasn't the original plan and maybe they have to think on their feet. I liked the way Regal got taken out. In fact, to me, it's, I thought the following week's little video recap thing where he showed up again to say like black, I almost felt like that was tacked on and that wasn't yeah, necessary. That was I too much. Regal, it, it, it was it, we just the last shot should be regal like and he was also taken up by knuckles too that was the other thing it was kind of poetic like the same weapon he used for so many years mjf used on him like and not just that, that but the with the weapon he gave to mjf the gay that he gave him too yeah, so it's like I, he passed it on and then he got beat with it perfectly to go out. yeah that promo he did i forgot to mention it last week but that promo he did was really awful it was like the worst promo i've ever seen him do yeah. Felt tacked on. It, it felt, felt like, forced. yeah. Again, like Tony, I think there's that thing of you can listen to fans, but you don't want to listen to. And I think Tony was like, oh, well, now the fans are saying that, oh, he needs to come back. So, like, oh, we'll just add something. But it's like, no, you had a perfect ending. You didn't need him to add that extra thing. And if you notice, Moxley and like Claudio are kind of looking weird. Like, they're like, wait, what? Like, I don't know if they're selling it. They're also like, wait, that didn't really <laughs> yeah. make that much sense. Like, how yeah. much of that was <laughs> Wasn't needed. I was really upset about it a couple of days ago, and I was telling my wife, I was saying, "Why would you agree to a contract with a wrestler or you know with a person in your company with a Triple H clause? Like, oh well, I can leave if I want. You know, if I give you notice, I can leave. Well, why would you agree to that? Why would you ever bring the person in the first place?" And she said, "Because if that's all he'll agree to, Tony Khan wants to bring everybody in." And I'm like, "Oh, that's true. If that's all he'll if that's all he'll agree to, then Tony Khan will agree to it too." He's so marky, I can't believe it. So there's like some, I don't know how much of this is all just, you know, Dave Meltzer rumors and Brian Alvarez rumors. Everybody's saying that like it was a it was a one-year uh, on-air con. It wasn't even a talent contract, just on-air personality contract with a with the month option. And basically, you know, Tony was like, okay, I'll release you before. Like, I won't I won't add that extra year of option. I'll, I'll basically yeah. well, release you from the option. I heard, I heard actually Tony Khan say, um, somebody, I think I was watching something on YouTube and they played a video of Tony Khan. Like a media call probably, right? Right, yeah. And he literally said that the contract was a multi-year contract, uh, but he could leave after a year with a 90-day notice. And he yeah. gave notice in September. Yes. Okay, which makes sense. Yeah, right. Because, I mean, he probably knew he was going to go back. Because, you know, Vince, I think, left in July. And yeah, so, by so it was September, right before SummerSlam. He was yeah, confident so to like, yeah, okay, I'll go back, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, and then the the catch is that William Regal cannot appear on TV for a year. I don't know. I mean, like I, I said before, like I don't care because, like you know, I, I've seen William Regal on TV for a long time, and if I never see him on TV again, like that's fine. Correct me if I'm wrong. Everybody just wants to hear him come back to say War Games, which will be will that be a year? <laughs> Ooh, <laughs> I think that's almost. I think that's about it. <laughs> Is they want him to just come back to yell war games. Um, yeah, but the point is, like, yeah, he did his on-screen authority figure. It was great for NXT, but this yeah, is a different it NXT. Mm-hmm. It he doesn't really need to be on air. I think he wants to be closer to just. I do think I don't think the sun thing is like a you know a work dancer for the public. I do think there's some truth to that. He wants to be closer to family 
And I and he, he either lives in Atlanta or Florida. I don't remember where, but he probably just wants to be somewhere, you know, where he can just go to the PC and just work out of there, you know. Yeah, no, I do agree with that too. I feel like a guy in his age, travel takes a toll on people. And he's been traveling for, you know, decades and decades. I'm sure he wants an easy schedule, you know. Yeah. Was that Xavier? Were you saying something? Oh, all right. Well, let's keep on let's keep on going. Hey, uh, I heard a rumor today. I, I was reading, I was like on Twitter, and people were like, oh, well, if Vince McMahon comes back, this and this, right? And so I was like Googling Vince McMahon coming back. <laughs> Apparently, uh, Vince McMahon has said that uh, he regrets stepping down. It was bad advice that he got because it was going to blow over. And when it finally does blow over, he plans to come back as CEO. And now, like, to me, I'm just like, man, 2022 was the year that I fell back in love with wrestling. And the reason why I fell in love with wrestling is because Vince McMahon got canceled and he's gone. You know, <laughs> he's not muddying up the, the WWE anymore. And so I'm really, really heartbroken. If he comes back, that's just going to drive a bunch of people away that came back. What do you guys think about this? 2022 was the year of the wrestling news media cycle going into 24 hour mode. Like there, <laughs> we're just, we're just hey, nonstop. Every, like God, everything that was reported this year, all the different rumors on each of the different things, whether it was Cody coming back and then Vince leaving and then Cody coming back and then Vince leaving and then C- the CM Punk media stuff, just yeah. nonstop, nonstop, nonstop. Who's going to take over? Who's going to leave? Blah, blah, blah. John Laurinaitis, is that fucking weirdo. Like just every <laughs> man, like my hat's off to anybody. And we're kind of doing it too. You know, like we're covering news media too. So it's just like, man, like, the stories don't end. And with this Vince thing, it's like, you know, now let's add another onion layer to this rumor. Like, oh, he might come back. But then, like, wasn't there – didn't somebody report today, some insider or whatever? Like, no, there is no interest. No higher-ups are itching for Vince to come back. So, to I me, it's so. like, you know, I don't see it happening, certainly on an, from a from a creative standpoint. I'm sh- he technically has his majority shares still or whatever. I could see him maybe, you know, working and weaseling his way in from a financial standpoint. But I do think the creative direction is going to pretty much stay uh, a, a Triple H. I, I do feel like that's kind of, uh, you know, it seems like the fans are responding. I think, and correct me if I'm wrong, aren't Raw ratings uh, do, uh, going up? I believe last week was. Uh, uh, yeah, I think everything is going up, to tell you the truth. Yeah. Ticket yeah. sales, ratings, morale of the fans, probably morale of the wrestlers. Morale of the locker room, too. Yeah. yeah. You know, this is just my my theory here. But, like, I theorized that Kelly Kelly – not Kelly Kelly. Kathy Kelly came back because Vince left because, you know, it was probably a sexually charged atmosphere, you know, and she was – her contract was up. She left. Triple H calls her up. He's like, hey, Vince is gone, dude. Come back. And she <laughs> said, that's what I think. I don't know how, you know, there's no truth to that or anything, but that's just what I think. So there was a couple right, – the Athena who we'll talk about with the uh, 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 Ring of Honor, Athena was uh, uh, mentioning something in a Chris Van Vliet interview about how the atmosphere under John Laurinaitis – and I guess this was when Triple H had his you know, medical issues. So that's when like John Laurinaitis was taking over talent relations. And, and that's the time when Triple H was really hands-off. Really hands-off, right. Yeah. So there were all these meetings with specifically female superstars in WWE about like, hey – we all need you to dress more like, you know, Mandy Rose and, you know, show more stuff and all. I think a lot of, you know, wow. female wrestlers and just superstars were taken aback by sort of the, why are we going back to 
sexually charged. We're, have, we're having women's revolution on one side, and you got John Laurinaitis having talent meetings saying, hey, we need you to show more, you know, skin. And, and this is coming from, you know, a, a former superstar's, you know. Right. A person who sat in those meetings. So it's just, it's unfortunate. So I think, I, I do feel like there was, you know, and, and to me, this maybe even works into why Sasha and Naomi walked out too. I yeah. do think, that, you know, everybody's, you know, it's, it's just it's interesting. Everybody who's not all these like internet fans are just like, oh, they, they walked out, blah, blah, blah. You walked out, you quit. I'm like, but well, we don't know the environment, you know? Right. Exactly. And then they went on TV and they're like, Sasha and Naomi disappointed the fans. I don't know what they said. Something stupid like yeah, that. Yeah, they the same same thing they did with Punk. You know, yeah. oh, you you let us down. You took what is that classic line that said? You took your ball and you went home. Like it's such a <laughs> it's such a spin doctor move to say. You know, but... yeah, gaslighting. Hey, what do you yeah. think, Xavier, about the possibility of Vince McMahon coming back? I think it's the worst idea. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, like I feel like. uh you know, I feel like the reputation as far as all the allegations and everything is pretty, you, you're done, man. Like, I, I don't think there's much coming back from that. I don't, yeah. you know, for people wanting to work with him on, you know, on any front, you know, hands on. Um, yeah, I just, the numbers speak for themselves. I think Survivor Series was the highest grossing, I don't know if ever. But as far as, um, you know, ticket sales and, you know, views. So, yeah, obviously the numbers speak for themselves. The fans are, you know, coming back in droves. I was one of those people, you know, who was like, nope, not going to watch it. Nope. You, you just feel uh, not offended. But you know what I mean? Like, you're just, you're taking me for a fool, Vince, you know? so Yeah, they're insulting our intelligence at some point. Exactly. Insulting the intelligence. That was on the tip of my tongue. And, you know. People are coming back. I'm coming back. I'm I'm watching. I'm I'm in tune. I'm in check. So yeah, I, I don't think it's a good idea. I think he should go retire and stay far, far away, you know? Yeah. And you know who else really does want to come back is Kevin Cross and Dexter Loomis and these guys you fired. <laughs> Didn't I fire you? You know, like <laughs> right in the hallway. <laughs> where's your he goes to the carry and it's like, where's your mask? <laughs> <laughs> oh, carrying cross, my bad. Did you guys read about um, Jimmy Wang Yang talking about how, like, Vince forgot he fired him? Yeah, I did hear about that. Yeah, did you read that? Yeah, he was, like, backstage or something, and Vince is like, hey, you going to do something tonight or whatever, blah, blah, blah. I don't remember exactly what happened, but I remember something about that. Yeah, it was an interesting back and forth of, like, oh, yeah, like, we need you for a match. It's like, I'm fired, dude. It's like, oh, well, you're, <laughs> you're going to have to, yeah, what do you mean? <laughs> Somebody get this guy a job quick. <laughs> you know, yeah, get him a job. And then three months later, it's, like, released. You know? I heard so, uh, Luke Gallows talk about uh, meeting Vincent Mann for the first time again because he didn't know that uh, he was Festus. He was Festus. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's pretty fun. That, good, old, good old in touch, Vince. Yeah, I really <laughs> hope he comes back. And uh, I don't know about highest grossing of all time, but I do know on the WWE's little fake staged uh, media scrum, Triple H didn't say it was the most watched Survivor Series of all time. There you go. That's what it was. I mean, they already pump up the attendance numbers, so who knows what else they're pumping. But still, like, it was was exciting. You know, they brought War Games back to the main roster, which I don't think that would have ever been a Vince decision. That was purely a... No, because you're going to lose seats. I've heard people like I think Bruce Pritchard, you know, talk about you're gonna lose seats because you have to make the the ring wider and everything because there's two yeah. rings now and all this stuff. Yeah, Vince would never have done that. Never ever. Right. Do they need pressers? 
do they need pressers after WWE events? I don't think so, but I'm interested in your guys' feedback. What is pressers? Oh, like a presser release, like a presser after. Oh, I don't know. In I think wake of all do... the, in oh, the wake but... of all the CM Punk stuff, it's like, do we really? We don't. It's not sports. Like we don't. And there is to me, it's also some of that. Like you know, we're trying to sell injuries and sell angles. I think it almost peels back too minute too much of kayfabe which let's be honest here pro wrestling has enough of the kayfabe reveal you know too much of kayfabe is gone nowadays and i yeah. do think some of the presser uh some of these press releases media scrums you know if you want to have like hunter or something answer like general media questions it's fine but you know i don't need to see you know which actually i'll i'll bring it up i, I watched the survivor series media scrum they had becky lynch and in the middle of one of the questions was related to her, the, the spot that she did. And she goes, yeah. So during rehearsal, I went yep. up and tried. I'm like, no, you don't want to, you don't want to say that. Like there's, you know, if, you know, certainly some wrestlers, MJF, Sami Zayn, they were great at keeping kayfabe, but like, no, you don't want to use the word. Re- re- it, it, it's to me, using the word rehearsal is just as bad as saying it's fake. Like, no, why would you say the word rehearsal? Like, you don't, you don't want to give away that much secret. So yeah, I heard that too. And I don't blame her. I that, to me that is the that's what the problem is with a a media scrum. To me, it can be you can have your hunter, your producer, your Tony Khan. They can do like general media stuff. You know, maybe the champion pops in the way I like the way MJF when he won, he kind of popped in, did a little kayfabe angle, and then wa- walked out. Like yeah. I'm not gonna answer that. Like like keep it brief. You know, we don't need to hear every little backstage detail. Yeah, I'll tell you this though. I think. Uh, if Tony Khan was if you're going to continue doing this, Tony Khan should take a note from Triple H and just come out by himself at the end, you know, instead of being out there the whole time, because he's just so creepy and weird when he's just out there drinking his water and nodding, like <laughs> a weirdo. Hell yeah! Giving you any other news bits, <laughs> no. you guys? Any other news bits? Uh, Matt Riddle. Matt Riddle. Oh, Matt Riddle, you guys. He got his ass whooped by Solo Sikoa. and apparently he is suspended <laughs> uh, for they say cocaine and MDMA. Yep, I didn't. I didn't even see the the substance. I just saw that it was. Well, I just saw that they said they're not testing for marijuana anymore. They're not which testing is for good. marijuana anymore, which is amazing because yeah, these guys need some kind of pain relief, right? And it's yep. going to be pain pills, or it's going to be just getting high. Yeah. yeah, I'm all for it. When yeah. you have the advancements of you know marijuana, CBD oils, like yeah, like if it helps them with pain and who needs it? If, if anyone needs it, it's the wrestlers. But also, yep, you have yep. that riddle, like literally his he has shirts that say Riddle 420 or whatever. 420 like, bro, <laughs> 420 bro. He's doing literally playing bongs, making references to all this stuff. Like of course, you know it's we. I had a feeling I'm like it's not, it cannot be marijuana with Matt Riddle. Like it can't. Yeah, I asked something else. I um, I didn't think Matt Riddle's gonna get hired for the for a few years just because their marijuana policy was so big. So, mm-hmm. so, you know, strong, but I'm glad they did away with it. But I love Matt Rocking out. You would hit my bong, bro. You would hit my bong. <laughs> oh, man. It's so stupid. It's good. So it's our generation. And the kids like love it, people. too. You know, um, like when I've been, because I, I went to, I went to SummerSlam, I went to WrestleMania, and I saw like all the kids are like, all the young kids had the 420 bro t shirts. All the young kids had the tapping bong shirts. It's, you know, he's, he's over. He's over with the fans. Yeah, he's definitely over. His time with Orton definitely, uh, I feel like, cemented him as like a, you know, as like a, you know. He's re- he's back know. with Orton again. He's been reunited in the hospital. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're going to hell. Um, 
either way, on a serious note, though, I, I hope, uh, you know, everything works out in his favor and it's nothing, it's nothing good to go through. So hopefully he comes out on the other side and gets back to work. Yeah, and then he's going to come back to a really good feud with Solo, hopefully. Which would be great. I would watch that, you know? Like, it's good TV. Solo's great. There was there was talks about putting Roman Reigns in the main event on both Saturday and Sunday WrestleMania night. Uh, apparently, that's been shot down. I thought that would have been super cool to see him fight maybe Cody on night one and uh, The Rock on night two or something like that. But it, it's not going to happen. Do you guys think that Roman's going to face The Rock at WrestleMania? Is that a possibility? Tough. I think uh, it's one of those things like you know we've 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 had allusions to it. You've seen the Rock literally at SoFi Stadium for like football games. I think it would be, you know, if he's going to go out because he he technically his last match was like uh, with John Cena at twenty nine. Oh, the did, second like, match of a lifetime was his last match. That makes sense. Like last full match, I think he full did match. like. He did a 12-second dumb thing where actually Eric Rowan, he pinned Eric, Eric Rowan. Yeah, I, yeah. I thought, I thought that, that, that was uh, that was Mania 32. That was the one in 2016. Okay. That's when he had the big yeah. flamethrower. Yes, he had the big And he lit the rock on fire. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he had the Dallas Cowboy Cheerleaders and the whole thing. Yeah. Uh, so to me, it's like, yeah, you need – that cannot be his last match. He needs a final, like, hurrah. There's obviously the family. There's a lot of storyline there. I oh, do man. think they could do so it's much. something that would be cool, you know. I mean, but if you can't, if if it's not something that happens, you know, I think the next logical choice is is either Zayn or Jay Uso, or maybe Zayn Uso, uh, Zayn uh, Jay Uso and Roman in a in a three way or something, because there's still a lot of unfinished business with the bloodline. There's a lot of tension boiling, and I I I feel like also the Jay Uso match from uh, Hell in a Cell was really good. a lot of good drama there. Uh, so to me that that's unfinished business. So to me, if, if, if it's not Roman rock, I think there's plenty of other, you know, good options that are out there. You know? And yeah, Cody is another one too. We got Cody waiting in the wings, you know? So. Yeah. The Cody match would be good. It, it's so tricky with the rock because it's like, you know, he's not going to, you know, go over and win the title. But at the same time, if he puts Roman over, it's the ultimate that cements it, you know, yeah. that cements Roman you know, the bloodline, the whole nine, you know, but at the same time, I have that yearning for just fresh, you know, I saw something about how they wanted to rock to win the rumble, and then go to mania. And it's like, dude, you can capitalize so hard by making a star, you know, and even if it's a little bit later, sure, but yeah, I'm not saying like Austin Theory or anything, but there's so many possibilities, you know, but yeah, sure, I would watch, you know, rock Roman, but who knows? We don't know. They're, like Pratik said, so many illusions, you know, here, there, well, like, will I be there? I don't know if my schedule, if my schedule. So I think there's that anticipation. I think it'll do well. Um, you know, two nights, I would watch, I would watch those matches, but I guess it was refuted. I so I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, it could also be they're working us by like, they don't want to give away the refuting plan. Then it happens. You know, That's um, true too. They could just be like, we're not doing two nights and they just do two nights. Um, I would. I don't want to see The Rock win the Royal Rumble. I think that's too easy. That's too yes. easy booking. I would rather see like Roman literally be like, "Hey, I'm the best that's ever stepped in this ring. I'm calling out The Rock. I want to dominate the ring and I want to dominate my family." And then have people go, "What are you crazy? The Rock? Like the bloodline? Like doubts him?" I think that'd be a really fun storyline. That's a good story. It could, it could work. 
And to me, it doesn't need a title. Rock, Rock Roman does. In fact, if there is no title, more people might be likely to, you know, to the casual fans, certainly, you know, most of the internet fans know Rock's going to lose, but if there's no title, I think the casual fan will be like, oh, well, it's just for bragging rights. Oh, maybe Rock Right, maybe Rock will win. You know, you, you want to create the effect that, hey, anybody can win. You know, you don't want to just give, you don't want to make people think, well, we know Rock's going to lose. You know, you want to yeah. have some tension. You want to have some, some, some sense of mystery, some mystique. So to me, I think the title makes it more likely that Rock will lose. So to me, it doesn't need to be a title. Yeah, that's spicy. I like that. I like the idea of not having the title on the line, you know, just bragging rights or just becoming the head of the table, like officially, you know? Yeah, head of, head of the table match or something. <laughs> yeah, the head of the table the match. Family, the family's on the line. Yeah. <laughs> the loser's outside from the family. That'd be from great. The, the loser joins Samoa Joe. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. That's awesome. I love that. Too. Oh, man. Should we get into uh, uh, this pay per views that we had this past weekend? Double pay per views. Were, were they like competing at the same time? No. So Ring of no. Honor was on earlier. Right. And so I was like, oh, that's weird. Why is it on so early? Because it was at one o'clock. And then I remembered, oh, because it's the same day as NXT. Yeah. It's a special start. Oh, one o'clock pay per view. Good. You know what's funny, though, is I didn't remember until three o'clock. I was like, oh, shit. Ring of Honor's on today. Whoops. You missed the whole show. Yeah. Luckily for yeah, me, it started fight, at four over here. Fight which is just back. Yeah, it was four, four o'clock. Not a good time, you know? Like, it's like, fuck, man. But it's cool. All right, let me get the results pulled up. I should have that done already. But that's all right. That's all right. That's we'll okay. talk about Final Battle first because it was the first one that aired. Yeah, I'll start with the first one. <laughs> yeah. They had some dark matches. Uh, the only match I really liked was Jeff Cobb and uh, Mascara Dorado, whatever his name is. Uh, he was, I think he was Lindsay Dorado in WWE. <laughs> Uh, that was a really good match, I think. The other the other matches were just I just skipped them. They weren't that great. Yeah, I didn't really uh, uh, watch the pre-show zero. It's yeah. cute that they're calling it zero hour. <laughs> that seems to be an AEW <laughs> fixture, right? Zero hour, ground zero. zero hour. Yeah, I missed it too. But Cobb rules, so I'm sure that match. Yeah, is good. exactly. The thing about zero hour though is that was all in. When they did All In, it was still zero hours. So they're just borrowing from that. Because they super yeah. denied that All In was an AEW production, you know? Right. Even though they had a secret, yeah. they had a secret money guy. <laughs> <laughs> the same money guy. <laughs> but nope. Blake Christian and A.R. Fox. Oh, that was also on the pre-show. I'm like, what was Blake Christian doing there? But yeah, that was on the pre-show. Right. No, I think that was on the main card. No, you're right. Yeah, pre-show. Oh, that was a- oh no, that was the first match. No, 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 yeah, yeah. no, yeah, because it was top huge. flight. Top flight was the last pre-show match. Uh, yeah, then- that's what I was thinking. Top flight in the Got kingdom it. was the last dark show match. Uh, so this is Blake Christian and Ar Fox. I remember, I do remember it now. I remember seeing them. I was super surprised to see Blake Christian because I think I just saw him in WWE at something. Uh, they defeated uh, Roosh and Drellistico. Is that his name? Drellistico. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a pretty good match. You know, uh, I don't, I don't really know Jalistico. I know Roosh is really good. Uh, there was this high flying, hard hitting match. It was, it was really good, good way to open the show. 
Uh, the baby faces got the win in about 10 minutes and 35 mm-hmm. seconds. Good fast-paced match, yeah. Not, yeah. Not yeah. Too, it didn't drag long at all, yeah. Quick so, 10 minutes, but yes. action-packed. Hey, oh, you know what? I wasn't talking the news real, and since, I guess, Athena's the next match. And Athena put out something saying, uh, I wouldn't get I wouldn't get uh, what's the word? I don't know. I wouldn't get heat for for hitting hard if I was a man. You know, I didn't realize that people were saying that she hits hard, but I don't know. I feel like she might be kind of right. You know? Yeah, I didn't see that. Yeah, she did say that uh, a few days before this pay per view happened. I remember noticing that. Anyway, yeah. um, Go ahead. Oh no, I was just saying, like, yeah, like you don't really hear, like, I, I, like Nia Jax obviously was, but that wasn't hitting hard. That was like unsafe. You know what I mean? Like. I remember that being a huge thing, you know, during the the women's revolution era. It was like, oh, she she's like unsafe. But it was never. I don't think there was many mentions of uh, you know female wrestlers being stiff or anything. I guess maybe uh, um, um, Thunder Rosa. Maybe wasn't there some accusations of her working stiff or something? Possibly. Again, it's all hearsay, so we don't really know. But there's not too much of a. There's uh, not. You know, yeah, there's not you're right. Locker room chatter. If you think about it, about people working stiff. You know. So, yeah. I, yeah. So I didn't hear about people working stiff until she brought it up. <laughs> yeah. Right. That. <laughs> anyway, yeah, so I think she might be working it. She might be. She might be. So uh, I was actually pretty surprised huh? about this ending because I didn't realize I didn't think it, she was going to win. Uh, but with her third eye, did you guys see her third eye? It was a googly eye. Okay. That's yeah, it was really like good. a little... That's a good third eye. <laughs> <laughs> Her third eye was a googly eye. I was like, <laughs> you look like a Muppet. Anyway, uh, <laughs> Athena defeated Mercedes Martinez to win the Ring of Honor women's title in 13 minutes and 10 seconds. This was a good match, you know, hard-hitting. Two women who have been around for a long time who know what they're doing. It was, it was a fun match. I enjoyed it. It was a good workhorse match, um, you know. Yeah, I was, I was excited for it. I know I've seen athena for a while now so it was great to you know see her get a pick up a good win you know clearly she ain't uh she's not gonna run back to wwe now you know and maybe and maybe this is something that tony is doing to placate people i I don't know i think i think frankly more it's of you know there's gonna be a regular ring of honor tv show and you need sort of bigger names for that so i think it's great that they're you know handing these titles over to someone like athena who's you know someone who's been around been in different companies so to me it was a it was a good match good decision athena looked great and you know more to come so i i I liked it and again not too long either what 13 13 minutes yeah it's pretty good keep short keep me wanting more i don't need any i don't need them to drag out please (laughs) what do you think about this match xavier uh it was good short and sweet you know, I, I like Mercedes's hard-hitting style, you know, watching her forever and ever and ever, especially on the indies. So I was definitely interested, and it was good, you know. I, I'm interested yeah. to see where it goes. Yeah, as, as am I. And the thing about uh, Athena being the champion going into her new TV show, like you said, Pratik, she's got the experience, but I don't think she has as many mouths as Mercedes. You know, I feel like, you know, I feel like Mercedes is kind of getting to the point where she's slowing down a little bit, but Athena's still going strong. That's true. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, yeah. So the next match we saw, uh, you know, Swerve and Glory broke up, didn't they? Yeah, we had like such a good they, I thought, moment together about it. Swerve slapped Keith Lee. Keith Lee walked out and they, they lost to the claimed. They broke up right. anyway. Uh, Swerve and Glory defeated Shane Taylor Productions, which was Shane Taylor and J.D. Uh, Griffney. I never heard of J.D. Griffney. 
I don't know much about Shane Taylor. Uh, I did see one of his matches in Ring of Honor with him and Keith Lee against War Machine, which is a really good match. Okay. Uh, but I don't know much about him. Yeah, I didn't know much about him either. Um, but this was but an okay I mean, match. I mean, it was good to see Keith Lee. I was surprised to see – well, I guess I was surprised because they announced it a few days prior that it got switched to a tag match. Do you? I wonder if they just felt that Keith Lee versus Shane Taylor wasn't strong enough on its own. It definitely got me excited to watch them now, especially that one spot where he like grabbed him or like he caught him or whatever. So to me, like I think you kind of had to, you know, yes, it doesn't make sense for storyline that they got back together for this one uh, pay-per-view bout. But then correct me if I'm wrong, like Swerve left in the middle or whatever. So it was like a two-on-one kind of. Uh, Keith Lee left, but yes. Or Keith Lee left, sorry. Yeah. Because Swerve slapped him. Yeah, so again, so maybe it's like, okay, they broke up, but then they're going to try again, and then there was more of the same. So, you know, do they need, like, another moment on TV to kind of be like, hey, now we're officially done. Like, we're not working together anymore. Do they need another segment like that to kind of show that, hey, we're we're not working together anymore. This is it. You slapped me twice now. Um, (laughs) Yeah, I guess you're right, because he did slap him. He walked away, and then maybe Cooler has prevailed the next, you know, day or whatever. Right. Yeah, but and it's I, I did like that spot though. I thought Lee looked good for the time he was on in the match. Yeah, it was good, and and a dysfunctional tag team is generally interesting. You know, yeah. like look at Angle and Benoit, <laughs> you know, just kind of one upping each other. Same thing, like Keith Lee and Swerve. Maybe if you keep circling around, they'll go in that direction, or like you said, they'll just literally well, yeah. go their separate ways. But I don't know. There's good story there. built in, so. Yeah, that was good for what it was. Uh, we saw a world six-man tag title match. The Embassy, Brian Cage, and the Gates of Agony defeated Dalton Castle and the boys. I'm super excited mm. about this, you guys. Brian Cage, I feel like he's so underrated. He doesn't really get a lot of notoriety. He doesn't really like win a lot of things. <laughs> and yeah. so for me to see him with the six-man tag title, it's something, and I'm super happy about it. Yeah, he's one of those guys where, you know, they yes, some people don't need to win everything, but he's one of those guys where he needed a good win. I think this was, you know, especially going into this potential Ring of Honor weekly show, I think it's good to kind of, you know, kind of hit a reset on a lot of the titles, you know, so I think this will be good for him, you know, because clearly he was getting lost in the fold in AEW, so maybe this is a better better move for him. Yeah, know? absolutely. Yeah, could, could work out in his favor, you know, in the whole – uh what was the group called in team Taz, you know, he definitely got, yeah, team Taz, you know, lost yes. in the shuffle a little and, you know, uh, he's great. He's a remarkable talent, you know? So, and and it's interesting, you know, with, with Khan and Toa, like fresh faces for a lot of people, you know, and then you got cage in the mix. It, it, it like Pratik was saying, putting these titles on these, you know, stars, especially people who are like super familiar with them, like the, the internet wrestling community, you know, it's like, it's very interesting. So it puts eyes on the product and yeah, it was good. It, the match flew by. It was 10 minutes, but for me, like, it was, yeah, it was you know, good. pinfall and that finish was dope, you know, like the crazy fucking flipping power bomb. Like it was good. It was good. Yeah. And it really was. And I do agree with you guys both about, I mean, the, the gates of agony, what are they called? The gates of agony. They're, they're yeah. names in Japan and stuff. So like there's somebody, you know, they're, they're really big and tough. And so, yeah, I, uh, hearts reset on the belts. I do agree. That's probably a probably a good idea. Uh, in the next match, we saw Wheeler Yuta defeat Daniel Garcia to win back the Ring of Honor Pure Title 
uh, in about 14 minutes and 50 almost 15 minute match. And this match was interesting because like the way that they did, uh, Willie Yuta used up all his rope breaks really early. And then Daniel Garcia still had his. And so when, when they were like hitting on that really hard in the commentary, like, Oh, Garcia still has rope breaks left. And we didn't have any, I knew at that point that Willie Yuta was going to win because it was almost like a two out of three falls match. And here he lost two falls or right. one fall, whatever. Yeah. They kind of spoiled it for themselves, but I, I appreciate the, you know, the pure rules, Yeah, you know, method, you know, the rules and, it's interesting, and I didn't. I just didn't foresee Garcia, you know, tapping or passing out. But it was good. I was interested. I love Daniel Garcia, so it was. It was good. I had this idea that you know at one point, like maybe like oh Garcia's because they were you know they were teasing Garcia and Jericho kind of you know feuding at one point, and Garcia respecting the Ring of Honor rules, and Jericho obviously not respecting them. So for me, it was just like this force out of oh maybe Garcia's gonna you know, face Jericho and he's going to be the one to take the title from Jericho. Um, and, and it doesn't mean that we can't see a Jericho Garcia feud, maybe because both of them, you know, lost their respective titles. They can, you know, do some sort of feud now that they're both, you know, title free. You know, I don't think they need to face each other for a title, but yeah, I I was surprised Garcia lost it, but I think it, it adds to the night, the excitement of the night, you know, uh, titles changing, um, you know, and I think it's, the hope is now we're we're gonna see less Ring of Honor championships on AEW. Like let's let's once this TV deal comes through, like you know this this was a good match for a Ring of Honor pay per view, and I felt like we were yeah. gonna see this match on Dynamite for the next few weeks. So I'm just glad that it's you know <laughs> the title changed when we had to on the actual pay per view. Like it's about time. There's been too many matches given away on free TV for my for my. You taste. think? Do you think since Tony Khan did say less Ring of Honor on AEW TV moving forward? That we're not going to see like Daniel Garcia or I guess Willer Yuta these that much. I'm sure he can pop up and maybe like you know, especially you know if like a rampage card is kind of like you know maybe he could pop in and do a match on occasion. But again, it should be an attraction. It shouldn't be for there was a period there where it was like every week there was some you know non AW like every week there was something there was some title being changed world championship and then the ring of our world champion would be defended like fourth match in the night i'm like at least keep it special make it like a main event or something you know right keep, could, yeah give it it was structure a whole show around it if you're gonna do that exactly the structuring could have been a little bit better and and i i i just yeah i there's again aw has too many titles so there needs to be some separation there needs to be there needs to be something so you know, yeah, this, that that opens the door, you know, like, let's say you send a Wheeler Yuta over to Ring of Honor full time, that opens the door for another talent from AEW to step into that, that slot, because yeah, the exactly. roster is loaded, and there are a million titles, you know, and it, it'd be a good way to kind of distribute the talent. Exactly. Yeah. And it's also yeah. a good way, because uh, Ring of Honor is going to need more people to fill the show, so it's going to be a good way to get AEW people that aren't really utilized on TV again. Good pun. Like Miro, Miro needs something to do. Yes, I think I think I think Wheeler and Miro could be a good you know matchup you know in the future. Um, oh man, Miro should try to take out the Blackpool Combat Club. That'd be cool. <laughs> but that's another point too. The we I mean the co- Combat Club's kind of dissipated, and to me, the very easy thing is someone like Wheeler Yuta because he's obviously the least known name to fall in the shuffle. So I think this is a good way for him not to get lost. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it looks like they're going to keep it together. It just feels like 
Moxley is gonna the, the whole thing that that promo with William Regal is like, I want you guys to to make Wheeler the greatest wrestler in the world. So it feels like that Moxley and Claudio and uh, Brian Danielson are gonna form a bond together. Still, I guess for now. I mean, there's gonna be yeah. a big feud at some point, you know. <laughs> yeah, and then like, like you know, Claudio could disappear too because Ring of Honor obligations or whatever, exactly. and then mm-hmm. uh, we could give. Danielson and Moxley separate vacation times, right? So they can just kind of all go their separate ways. Yeah. We saw a dog collar match. This match felt like it lasted forever. It was twenty. It was two, two, two. It was twenty-two minutes and twenty seconds. Wow. Uh, the Briscoes. <laughs> it really did feel like it lasted forever. Uh, defeated FTR by referee stoppage to win the Ring of Honor World Tag Team Titles. Now. I'm not really for bringing these guys on because they're so problematic. I mean, they're good in the ring. They, you know, they have a lot of history of Ring of Honor. But, like, I don't know. I say just leave the Briscoes at home. What do you guys think about this match, though? It was pretty insane. I'm an FTR guy, so all eyes on deck, you know. And it, it did last long, but I was eating it up every minute of it. So it was good, you know. Dem boys, you know. <laughs> the reputation precedes them, I guess, but you know, it's hard to like read between the lines when it comes down to like that stuff. But as far as the match was, great. Great, great, great. Lots of blood, a little bit of blading on camera, you know, whatever. But it was good. <laughs> yeah, lots of blood. Yeah. yeah, good good use of blood. Um it definitely I, I definitely think Sam, yeah, it dragged it, it went on a little long for me. I think I'm just for me I was spoiled too much by the MJF uh, CM Punk dog collar match earlier this year. I feel like that kind of set a new bar for dog collar matches. And again, the build for you know, the way they just kind of threw in the stipulation for dog collar match really late into the build for this pay-per-view. That kind of that kind of surprised me. Um, yeah, you're right. Because it was just, I think, the last dynamite before. Literally last time, hey, we're gonna make it a dog collar match now. Yeah, and, like, and it was it wasn't the Gun Club revealing it. It wasn't even like the Briscoes <laughs> invading. That it. was so the whole that- thing was because people online were saying that the Briscoes aren't allowed on TBS because well, right, there's reputation. that too. They can't really. And so they had dynamite. to have the Gun Club introduce yeah. it for them. But there could have been so many other ways. Tony Khan could have just announced it. Yeah, it Tony just, Giovanni yeah. could have announced it. Giovanni yeah. could have announced it. It just felt tacked on the way they did it. You know? Yeah, and yeah, it, it wasn't a stalking, and and that was the way that Dynamite ended so like anticlimactic. Yeah, I just I think it was just one of those things. Like like Xavier said, like you know they lost to a claim, they lost to Briscoe. It's just like man, they shouldn't be they shouldn't be jobbing out. Like they, I, I was hoping okay they lost to a claim, they would have won this match. So I think it's more, but I'm just disappointed that they're you know that they're losing but you know again they win belts you gotta lose them at some point it's just i wish they would have had i think they could have been the ring of honor title holders to go into this new this what do we want to call this the new era of ring of honor whatever the we're going into now so it would be nice for them to stick around for a little bit but maybe uh, that's part not part of the plan you know, maybe they the don't all elite era of ring of honor <laughs> <laughs> yeah no i agree and then like I feel like when Kenny, because Kenny had a bunch of belts for a while, and I feel yes, like when Kenny was. lost him, it didn't feel like he was being jobbed out. It was just like he lost the belts. And this to me feels different. Yeah, I can see that. We'll see, though. We'll see. Is Triple Mania coming up? Because they'll probably lose the Triple A titles at Triple Mania. I feel I like Triple Mania just passed, is. didn't it? I That's could be wrong. They, oh, you know what? That's probably when they won the titles. 
Yeah, I feel like it's in the not too distant past. We'll figure that <laughs> but either. We'll uh, see. For the Ring of Honor World Television title, and here's somebody who I feel like they're throwing belts out to keep around. Uh, Samoa Joe defeated Juice Robinson in 13 minutes and 40 seconds. I don't know. This felt like Juice Robinson um, didn't really deserve the spot. It was a good match, but I feel like Joe just whipped his ass. Yeah, just good. You know, you know, Joe just throwing his weight around, <laughs> beating up guys. You know, I'm a, I'm a Joe fan. I'm happy. I'm happy to see him get some runs with the belt. You know, unfortunately, he never got the the big WWE championship. So to me, if this is a way to, you know, he's clearly put in the work. He's great on the mic. I'm I'm happy to see him somewhere. I'm just not a fan of the new. I like that WWE theme a little better. <laughs> I do too. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> Yeah, I, I love Samoa Joe, so it was, you know, great watching him do his thing. It's a Samoa Joe match, you know, and I can watch a million of them. Yeah. Um, you know, Juice Robinson doesn't do much for me, like, character-wise. Great worker, but he's in Bullet Club, so, you know, too sweet. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. You I know, just can't but... get the I just can't get the image of CJ Parker out of my head when I see him. Yeah, yeah. That, <laughs> that's my problem too. And I was telling my friends like, why don't you know? Because my friend like loves Shoes Robinson. I'm like, I don't know. I just just look at him as CJ Parker, and that's probably shitty to say, but whatever. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's ice cream, brother. It's ice cream, and it's just not a flavor I'm trying to order. You know, though, I mean, it would be good for him, though, to come into Ring of Honor, just because that means he doesn't have to travel to Japan back and forth all the time. Yeah, I think he's full-time with AEW, so I don't know. Is he? Yeah, I'm pretty sure he's a full-time deal. I wonder if he got kicked out of New Japan because the whole belt is in it with him, too. Because he had a belt hostage for a little while. There was some belt. I don't remember the exact details, but there was something, right? Yeah, it was the U.S. title, and he didn't want to show up to defend it because I think he was worried about COVID. And then uh, New Japan oh, yeah. said, New Japan said, well, they just FedEx us the bell and we'll have a match for it. And then he said, nope. <laughs> yeah, I remember reading that. And plus, Tony Storm is there. So I get it. You know, maybe wants to be closer to his wife, yeah. which makes sense. But That's yeah, he could, on, he could be on ROH. He could do his thing in AEW. We'll see. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. I mean, he's cool. Um, I just, yeah, I just see CJ Parker when I look at him. Yeah. Does Mojo ever hold a belt in WWE? I think he might have the U.S. title. He had the yeah, U.S. title, uh, and then he had the NXT championship like three. He's yeah. like a three-time holder. Like a three-time. Like yeah, I think he was the first one to win it three times or something. <laughs> yes. Yeah, no, yeah we love Joe. Hell yeah. So Mojo's so dope. He's so sick. I it was mean, like a Joe will kill you chant during this match. That was great. <laughs> like, even this match, like, just watching him. You know, I've been watching him for 20 years. Just watching yeah. him, just going, oh, Joe's so dope. Like he is, yeah. he is dope. It like never gets old. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, he's so good. <laughs> and our main event uh, for the Ring of Honor World Heavyweight Championship: If Claudio loses, he has to join the Jericho Appreciation Society and wear a purple hat. <laughs> uh, Claudio Castanoli defeated Chris Jericho by submission. Uh, this match was kind of everything I wanted it to be, uh, and. I've never seen a match end with a giant swing before, so I was super stoked about that. No, it was a good way. I know a lot of people wanted Jericho to hold on to the title a little bit more, but to me, you're going into this new era. You need weekly TV, and I think Claudio needed this win, you know, because if he loses this, then he becomes 
a Jericho lackey, which, yeah, maybe there's a story there if he becomes a lackey and then eventually he gets his comeuppance on Jericho. But to me, it's like, no, he needed a big win on a on a uh, pay-per-view main. Because when he won the title, it wasn't the main event of the pay-per-view. So I believe he finally got a, a big main event win in the main event of the title leading into a new TV deal. And for him, he he should be a star. He should be a world champion. You know, he's been in this business forever. He's been a workhorse. So to me, it was a fitting ending, a happy ending, if you will. So I was, and again, good ring psychology. The match was a little long, but it, the pacing of it was perfect. You know, you had all those little details, all the little intangibles to the match to make it, you know, a great, great world title bout, fitting way to end the paper. Yeah, definitely, definitely felt like a Ring of Honor match. You know, they definitely the pacing, the the psychology. Uh, Jericho's a genius, and Claudio is just an absolute machine. You know, just a monster. So. Um, and you're right. I think the first when he won the ROH title, I'm pretty sure it was the first match, right, against Gresham. I think it was the opening match, if I'm not. Yeah, right. yeah. the opening. Yeah, match. Okay. yeah. Or no. I don't mind the opening match though, because they would do that with the world title a lot back in the day. Yeah, like, yeah. So he would do that you know, with the world title. Yes. To go from opening the show to closing, closing yeah, and winning the title, and yeah, taking it on to to this new era, whatever it's going to be. And I think Jericho's going on tour with Fozzie like really soon. So I, I could oh, see why he would drop it. That's a really good point. Yeah. You know, um, on the same token, I was invested in that storyline. <laughs> I was too. Is it, you know, I yes. could have seen, I could have seen Jericho do it more, you know, and I was listening to his podcast last week and they really had a small plan for, for those ring of honor, you know, ex champions when they had Cabana and then they had Ishii. Yeah. Um, it was a really short-lived idea for them. So in that aspect, I get it. Um, but it, it's it's a good win for Claudio. He definitely deserves it. And it's a good star to kind of carry, you know, the company in this new era. Absolutely. I, I uh, particularly, you said that a lot of people wanted the Jericho reign to continue. I also did because I just wanted to see how far they would take this whole ring of dishonor thing. The exactly. Yeah. When this match first started, uh, the co- the color guy said to the announcer, "Run!" And then Jericho immediately ran behind the announce table and chased them both. That was crazy. <laughs> yeah. I forgot about that. He's all run, and he's like, "What?" And they just started running from Jericho. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great. It just it adds to yeah. you know the story of this whole code of dishonor. But but yeah. but you're right though. In a new era, you got to kind of get rid of the dishonor part and put the honor back in Ring of Honor. You got to separate it a little bit. And Jericho's too big of a star to separate from AEW. I can see Claudio going away for a few months. You don't spend some time in the Ring of Honor situation. But at Jericho, he's too big of a star to do that. And to me, Claudio, you know, okay, like if, if he didn't win this title, he'd either be a Jericho lackey or, or say he didn't need to be in the storyline where he was with Jericho. Then what would he do? He'd just be, you know, fighting for maybe the TNT title or he'd get lost in the shuffle or be on Dark. And I'm not trying to knock Dark, but I just, I think this is a way to keep Claudio looking like a million bucks, keep him looking like a world champion. Yeah. All the fans are behind him being a champion and it also keeps him away from MJF because right now MJF is probably just going to keep knocking through a bunch of people. So I think this is a good uh, position for Claudio. I think this Yeah, is- and he's that, he's that AEW mid-carder who they yeah. can build Ring of Honor around as a top exactly. star. Yeah. Absolutely. I agree with that. Yeah. Well, um, what did you guys think of this reign? Because it's been really fun watching him beat up announcers. I really enjoyed seeing Cole Cabana back. That's when we all knew that <laughs> Punk was truly gone. You know? Um, what did you guys just think of the, the era of Dishonorment? I loved it. 
like I said a few episodes ago, I'm sure Jericho was texting, you know, Tony Khan, like, yo, I have this idea. I bet you he was. I mean? yeah. uh, it's, you know, it's been great. And it's it's funny. My friend uh, Dave actually met Ian Riccoboni somewhere, like recently at like some convention. And he had him sign on his 8x10, like, Chris Jericho sucks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, That's dude. Awesome. And he tweets it to Jericho. And Jericho, like, responds, like, quote, tweets it. And tags Ian Riccoboni and he's like this is all your fault you know what I mean like so I think it's hilarious that you know an everyday friend inserts himself into that storyline bring you know feeds the heat and it just made for really compelling you know storytelling it was just it was good so we'll see where where it goes I don't know like I said is he out of the title picture forever who knows yeah yeah you know and again, it brings new eyes to Ring of Honor. There's probably people who don't know Ring of Honor, but they know Jericho. So to me, this this adds to that as well. You know. Yeah. I also one thing I think about it is uh, it was really fun, entertaining. But much like a lot of things that Chris Jericho does, it's something that's never really been done before. Yeah. I don't think he gets enough credit for his originality and his his passion for bringing these ideas to the table. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, when he was full time WWE. Uh, you know, guy, he was reinventing himself every couple of years. Yeah. New character, new gimmick, whatever, you know. And I'm sure there was pushback. I'm sure WWE officials were like, hey, can you do like, uh, uh, can you do the light up jacket again? Or can you be YTJ? <laughs> like, no. no. Or when the list took off, then he, everybody wanted him to keep doing the list. And he's like, no, I'm, I'm done with the list now. I know I got it over, but. I want to move on. I'm tired of it. You know, he, you know, like, like Xavier, you said, he's a musician. He always, you know, always, always on his podcast, he's quoting musicians, quoting musicians that, and referencing musicians that keep reinventing themselves. And I think he's, he's passionate about the business in that way too, that, you know, you have to stay fresh. You have to do something different. And I think he, you know, he's definitely like, he was always in my top 10, but he's definitely, he's, I think he deserves, you know, to be in a top five status of just like, just, his longevity and his way to feel fresh every, every few years. He's very mindful that, you know, and he's, you know, no one can knock. He, he certainly puts everybody over, you know, he's certainly not, you know, one to, you know, hold on to titles. He, he puts everybody over for the purpose of the story. So yeah, great work by Jericho. This is uh you know, you need, you can't have a good face without a good heel. And he definitely, you know, in this case, I think the heel really brought something to the story. Code of Dishonor. <laughs> the code of dishonor hell yeah yeah i can't wait to see where they go from here you know if he just completely abandons the the ring of honor idea and uh you know john box is going against is john box trying to heal by the way hmm. they said that after his little uh brawl with adam page that day like oh, one or two weeks ago on uh, dynamite uh, that he left in the heel tunnel oh i didn't know i didn't know did not that. know that either yeah. yeah, somebody said that online. I didn't notice either, but I heard somebody say it. So I could see it happening. I feel like I've seen rumblings here and there. Yeah, and... I think it's time. I mean, he's been a babyface the entire time he's been there. Yeah, right. For the most part, I mean, I think he has. It's hard. It's hard because I don't know. You would assume. I don't know. I'm just talking out my ass. I'm. I'm assuming the Bloodpool Combat Club was supposed to be a heel team, but. I don't know. They That's just true. got over. They were. You when know? Daniel Bryan and Moxley faced off, uh, actually earlier this year, Jesus, like it felt like Bryan was more of the heel at that time. So to me, the natural, you know, trajectory is now Moxley yeah. should be 
because it's like one, he's he's been in the title picture for a while. We're we're probably not going to see another Moxley Moxley title match for a minute. So you know, yeah. to me, it's like, what do you do with them? One, I felt like he was probably going. I I literally thought he was going to lose the title to Full Gear and then go on vacation. We weren't going to see him for a bit. I thought like, okay, he was finally going to get the vacation time that he'd been I saying. Did yeah, but he's still around. So unless they're gonna do, unless they're gonna do like the Moxley Page, MJF triple threat, maybe is that what's coming up in the future? I don't know, but you know, uh, be a good way to MJF uh, get the win again, get that win again, or just keep keep it keep him doing something. Because to me, it's like okay, either you turn him heel, you maybe get one or two title matches out of him, but like I don't want to see him go for like the TNT title. I think like it's either you know, yeah, he could feud with other people for a while and just not be a you know, he, the, the, it's not a belt match. It's a it's a moxie match, you know. But to me, turning heel is a way to stay fresh. Absolutely. Yeah, no, it really is. It really is. So let's uh, change our gears over to NXT. Uh, this was a much shorter show. But before we get started on this, what did you guys think overall of the concept of the Iron Survivor match? It felt like, I mean, the women's, it's funny, the women's match, felt too short and the men's match felt too long. Even though they're the same amount of time. I agree with that entirely. Yeah. Yeah. It was good. It was, it was an okay concept. You know, the, the penalty box is kind of a weird thing and it was just, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I enjoyed it for what it was like the little scoreboard at the bottom was kind of, it's kind of neat, I guess. I wish they would have, wore their colors like at least something that kind of represented the color that they had on the screen i don't know (laughs) yeah it was you know you would assume it's like cut and dry but i feel like i had to like think too much you know what i mean yeah like yeah which is fine you know and it's good to challenge your audience and at the same time i think they're really trying to just keep it fresh so they're like let's do this crazy idea and stuff but yeah you know i don't know it wasn't like the most I don't know. Not not to say it was hard to watch, but I don't know. It was just different. Yeah, it was just different. Yeah, it was just really yeah. different. Uh, so we had the first match with the Women's Iron Survivor match. I told my wife during the match, I'm like, this is probably going to be the best match of the night. And I think it really probably was. Uh, I thought, what I wanted, what, I wanted Indy Hartwell to win. That way she could have her big match with Maddie Rose and then get her send-off and go to the main roster. Uh, I feel like, you know, Rock's in. Uh, she's still kind of new. You know, she's still kind of building herself up and everything. Uh, but it was a really good match. Um, I don't remember how, how it ended. I think Roxanne stuck in a victory at the very end. It was tied, I think, at one point. And then Roxanne stuck in a victory at the very end. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, there was like a pinfall with like the last two minutes, I think. Um, yeah, you know, it was it, – it just – yeah, it, it kind of breezed by. I think it, it definitely was one of the better matches tonight because it didn't drag. Some of the other matches kind of dragged on. So it was almost like by default it became, you know, one of the better matches tonight. But, again, you have two, you have two matches of this new stipulation uh, and new match. you got to kind of kick off the pay-per-view with one of those matches. So, to me, you know, this is the smart move, you know. To yeah, yeah, absolutely. Especially yeah, when it was a match. Yeah, it was fun. It was fun. Roxanne got the win. She's the new number one contender for the women's title. Uh, then we had Isla Dawn defeating Alba Fire. You know, these are two women that just came over from the NXT UK. Uh, I wasn't too into this match. I think I kind of left the room for a bit or whatever. But 
you know, uh, I'm just, I was surprised that Island Dog got the win because she came in as his big heel, and you know, Alba Fire was had a lot of momentum going up against Mandy Rose just a month ago. So I was really surprised that Island Dog got the win here. What'd you guys think? I kind of also tuned out to it, but I was also thinking, uh, yeah, like, you know, if she was just in a picture with Mandy Rose, you would think she would get this win now because it's, there was no title on the line. So to me, it's right. like, yeah, you kind of have to, you need, you need a win sometimes too. And especially when there's no title, I think it would have been good for her uh, to get the Alba for her to get the win. Uh, I don't know too much about Isla, but uh, you know, good match, you know, quick match again, nine, I think I'm, I'm looking at the time. I think it was about nine minutes, 52 seconds. So, you know, again, can't drag that out. I, I thought it was fine for what it was. Yeah. 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 Quick 10 minute match in and out. And I feel like they're trying to reintroduce Isla. So maybe they're trying to build her up and, and you know, sure Fire yeah. already had, you know, her stint and, you know, she was the champion over in the UK for a while. So, you know, I could, I could see, could see why they went in that direction, but yeah, it was short and sweet, good in and out. Yeah. You're right though. I mean, maybe Alba got this momentum going into the Manny Rose feud just so she could pass it on to Isla Dawn because I'm really liking this new gimmick she's doing this this witchy uh you know she has a Ouija board and she's like has all these candles and everything. <laughs> yeah it's pretty neat I'm yeah. enjoying it yeah it's cool it's cool for what it is so absolutely she's been around uh in the next match we saw the new day become the new NXT tag team champions when they beat pretty deadly a uh, 14 minute match uh, this match was pretty cool. I mean, I was you know nothing to really write home about or anything. Uh, but Kobe, one thing that's notable in this match was Kobe Kingston won a record for being a 15-time World Tag Team Champion, which is the yes. most anybody in WWE, which is super cool. Crazy, yeah. I feel like this match came out of nowhere. Um, I don't follow the product like intensely, but, but I feel like one day it was just like, oh, you know, New Day's challenging for the NXT titles, and it's great. It's great to put you know top stars from the main roster over there get the eyes on the product and uh you know kofi gets another trophy for his case and you know for what it was a good 14 minute you know little little tag match and good for them you know it's definitely interesting it's compelling because it you know it got my attention i was like oh shit you know it got my attention and then it's that thing of you know if the new day aren't in nxt what are they going to be doing they're kind of going to be oh like because there is there's no secondary tag team title right now because the mm-hmm. usos have both titles so to me it's like well you can't keep having them feud with the usos all the time you need something fresh for them to do why not go down to nxt i, th- I think it's worthwhile you know they certainly i think they maybe should have a bit of a longer run with this set and really build up you know the next nxt tag team uh and and if there's any team that can really reinvigorate the tag team division, it would be the New Day. So to me, I'm fine with this. If it helps elevate new teams, I'm all for it. And it gives them something different to do. So, yeah. Because we haven't really seen the New Day come down to NXT before, if I'm if I'm correct. No, we haven't. They, no, they were never in the NXT together. Yeah. So this is this is new and exciting. Yeah. So so I'm I'm into this. It, if anything, think- I don't believe well, there, there wasn't much build to this match, right? It just kind of came no, out of but no much at all. It was just like yeah. they just came out and made a challenge, and that was it. Do you guys okay. think there'll be dual roster? Because mm. Kofi already declared for the Rumble. Oh, shit. I guess so. Or just, you know, appear sparingly, maybe. Or they they lose the, they lose the belts at New Year's Evil, maybe, in, in the beginning of January. 
maybe, or do they carry it over to the NXT? Uh, the uh, was a stand and deliver. That's their WrestleMania weekend show. Do they carry it over oh, there? Right. You know, yeah. Uh, which so so last year so uh, not last year this past year uh Dolph Ziggler was in the main event for Stand and Deliver and he called it he, he apparently I didn't go to his stand up shit but he called it I'm headlining Brunchamania because literally Stand and Deliver <laughs> is at like four in the afternoon yeah yeah it's like WrestleMania Junior yeah so I yeah basically it's like WrestleMania WrestleMania for preschoolers basically <laughs> yeah like so yeah so maybe they carry it over till then to kind of bring some eyes to that show or whatever you know I don't yeah, know that's possible too That'd I'd like cool. to see them defend it on a SmackDown you know I I don't see there's I don't see any harm in them bringing it over to the main roster Ooh, so well. yeah that see I didn't even think of that go yeah, yeah go defend it on the main you know the main roster we haven't seen NXT titles the main roster for a while. For a while, it's been a minute. Yeah, I think Kevin Owens yeah. was the last one. Uh, so Braun, I believe the Raw after Mania, Braun won back. He didn't win his title back at the Stand and Liver. He won it back at the Raw after Mania. So they did technically. Oh, he won it back at a Raw. You're right. Yeah, yeah. They 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 defended it on a Raw, which I think is fine. Once in a while, you should have an NXT title. Right. Absolutely. Not like what AEW is doing, where it's like every dark or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> every day, basically. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Every show. <laughs> Uh, what's that? What's next? Uh, the men's survivor. Had the, yeah, the yeah. men's iron survivor match. Uh, it was this match wasn't really nearly as good as the women's match, but also I'm not really into any of these dudes. Like Carmelo Hayes is really cool, but like Joe Gacy, um, JD McDonough, like I could really axiom, I could just take him or leave him at you know, pretty much. Uh, but Grayson Waller won, he's the big heel, so he's gonna be facing. Uh, Braun Breaker coming up, or I guess whoever wins the main event. What did you guys think of this match? It just it it definitely dragged for me a little bit. And again, like you said, I'm not invested in you know I wasn't invested in as many of the guys. Yeah, yeah Joe Gacy, I was kind of getting interested in him again uh, because he added uh, <laughs> Ava Rain, aka uh, Simone Johnson, to a stable. So <laughs> I am interested in what they're going to do with her in that stable. So kind of got me a little excited into him. Um, you know, it seems like maybe JD McDonough is going, he got, he got zero, uh, 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 he got zero points in this. So is he like going to go over to the uh, main roster? Is that kind of the rumor? Maybe because he lost, you know, it's always weird how you have these NXT guys, you're building the main roster and then they have to lose on their way out when they're yeah, going. The right. Like, like a loser <laughs> leaves town match, but then you just get promoted. You're getting promoted like that. Yeah. That is loser little... gets promoted, Matt. Yeah, basically. Like, <laughs> I find that a little odd. You know, like you should look good on your way. You're going to the main. You're not. You're not going like away. You're going. They're gonna see you more on TV now. You know. I still like, like uh, when when Gunther uh, uh, left for the main roster. He literally lost to Braun Breaker on his way out. I'm like you're about to go to the SmackDown main roster. Like people, and and it was also the NXT right after Mania. So I'm like. There's going to be mainstream eyes, casual fans on this. You probably want to look good, and so I just right. yeah, I don't know right if that's the that. best strategy, you know, for the for the casual fan especially. Yeah, I feel like it's a tried and true tradition for them, you know, and maybe just wrestling as a whole, where it's like, whole. yeah, you know, you you know, you do the job and then you go and do the other jobs. You know what right, I mean? But, yeah, but in this scenario, like like you said, Pratik, they're not <laughs> going to a different territory. They're going to the bigger place that the bigger stage, the same yeah. territory you know the bigger show yeah because now you're like oh well 
the NXT champion can beat the Intercontinental champion. I've seen it. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I mean, this match had a lot more points, pinfalls, than the women's match had. The women's match had very few, uh, but this yeah. match had quite a bit. In fact, Grayson Waller came in. He got two really quickly, and then uh, I think he got two more. I think he ended up with four. What really bothered me at the end of this match was it was a big tie. A bunch of people had, I think, three or two or something. And Grayson Waller got a pinfall. It was Carmelo Hayes hit a finisher. Grayson Waller pulled Carmelo Hayes out of the ring. He pinned the guy. I think it was Axiom. And then Carmelo Hayes proceeded to chase um, Grayson Waller around the ring to get the point back or something for the next minute and a half till the match ended when he didn't have to chase him at all, he could have pinned somebody else. That was a little bit silly. And it heats up a minute and a half of a 25 minute match. You know? Yeah. I don't so, know how long it was. I could have been exaggerating, but it felt like when he chased him for like the last minute or minute and a half of the match. It really, I didn't did. like that spot either. I yeah. felt it ate up some time. Yeah, I do. I agree. And it's like, just go for somebody else. If he's, if he's running away from you, then go for somebody else and get that point yeah. as quick as you can. Uh, in the main event, but it was the first time, I guess. I don't know, whatever. Uh, in the main event, uh, Braun Breaker defeated Apollo Cruz to defend his NXT World Championship in 14 minutes and 34 seconds. I mean, this match was good. You know, it was what I expected it to be. Um, Apollo's really coming into his own. Braun Breaker, I don't know. He's getting better, I guess. <laughs> what do you guys think? Breaker's cool. He's a Steiner. You know, he's got all the all the qualities. Um, you know, that you would want in a star and a champion. And Cruz is just a beast, you know, and his track record speaks for itself. So, yeah, it was a good matchup, you know, good uh, good pairing, if you will, and a solid 14 minutes of, you know, action. So it was good for what it was. Yeah. Yeah, I was expecting it to drag. I went in kind of with low expectations for this match because I didn't, I didn't, I wasn't feeling the, they did it for a build. They were like doing something where they were fishing or something. And it was yeah. like, oh. and they did a previous promo where they were at a diner. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> the build was throwing me off a little bit, but the match itself was fine. Uh, and again, Braun needs to be working with, you know, veteran guys right now. You know, mm-hmm. so I think this was a good, you know, kind of feud. I, I feel like this feud maybe yeah. isn't done. There might be one more match there. With these two, maybe, you know, I certainly feel like, you know, he could use the experience. Apollo's great. There's no reason they can't do like some rematch, maybe with the stipulation, maybe, you know, mm-hmm. uh, I think there's, there's more mileage out of this for sure. Maybe just, can they, can they just have a ring promo? Maybe they don't need to go to a diner or a junkyard <laughs> or fishing. Like, just do promo in the ring, please. Um, <laughs> but on a principal note, I just feel like you have this, this, this new match stipulation Shouldn't that close the show? I feel like that was my one note. But at the same time, you know, both of the matches, they're still kind of wonky and they're still kind of figuring out what they're doing with it. But it is that I have that weird, like, sort of like purist principle, like, oh, you know, the the first ever Royal Rumble closed the show. The first ever, you know, Survivor Series match closed the show. So I'm just like, ah, like, I think maybe next year if they do this again, I do think they need to work some of the kinks out with this Survivor Challenge match. But yes. It should get to the point where this should be closing out the show. Yeah, I thought I agree with you. I, at the time, I thought this should close out the show, but then Grayson Waller comes out and attacks yeah, Braun Breaker. Mm-hmm. And you couldn't do that if 
if this match was the end, the last match. Yeah, that, was the last that match. is true. You got a little uh, like, hey, I'm coming for you. I, I also agree with you on the fact that uh, this probably, this match probably taught Braun Breaker a lot about just in-ring because Apollo Crews yeah. is really good. So, yeah, this is a good learning experience for him and because he's going to be a star. They're going to push him to the moon. He's the next. Remember when we hated Roman? <laughs> That's what he's going to be in five years. Probably not even five years. Probably two years. He's on his uh, he's on his way. You know, he's still. I I I know people are like, oh, he needs to be on the main roster. So I'm like, no, I think keep yeah, where he is for from. Put minute. him on the slow track. Yeah, I yeah, let track, him work bit. on his promos a little bit too. You know, um, that too. Yeah. I didn't want to. I don't want to be an asshole when I was like talking about it about him being like a stud. You know, but it's like, yeah, he could definitely work on the promos, and he's got the Steiner blood. I still to this day think he should be Braun Steiner, but I don't know if it's like a. <laughs> For real, right? Like, yeah. I don't know if it's like a pride thing where he's like, I don't need the name, but it's like, fuck, like it's it's right there. Like, you are a Steiner. Yeah, it's so odd. Just in the the singlets and the the move set, you know, you you know what he looks like. I still think, I mean, he looks great. You know, he's a killer. Maybe he should be a man of a few words, you know, because he he does have and he has that like snarl too, kind of, you know, like he he looks good on camera. So I've always always been a fan of like who he is and. He, I will say that uh, his intro, when he appeared on the premiere of NXT 2.0, he said something about, like, if you want a friend, get a dog. And, like, just, like, so he <laughs> has those those little, like, snarl moments. I just think he needs, you know, just getting more reps in. You know, I, I don't know if they're doing a lot of house shows for NXT, but I think he needs they're those. Not, they're doing zero. I think they're I starting think to, though. Yeah. I so think I they're going back on the road. I believe, yeah. I believe the road starts on February, whatever judgment are – Vengeance Day is. Vengeance Day is the first day on the road, I think. Okay. Uh, okay, yeah. cool. Good for them. Yeah, hey. Yeah. I think it's like February or something like that. They uh he definitely needs those reps on the road. That's really yeah. gonna take him. Absolutely. Sure. They should do house shows at the at the performance center. Sure. Yeah. Like wherever just they tape, it. wherever it is that they tape, they should do yeah. house shows there. Just you know, in house shows. But yeah, I I do uh I think that he does need maybe a mouthpiece in the future. Maybe turn him heel a little bit and have just like a Paul Heyman or somebody. I guess not Paul Heyman because he's played at this point. But like somebody just that speaks for him, I think that'd be really good for him in the future. Yeah, and I agree. A heel run would be awesome. Like he yeah. he could definitely play the the heel role. Absolutely, yes, absolutely. That'd be cool. Well, we've been out here for hell long, you guys. Let's let's uh let's get out of here. Let's sign off. Um, it was super fun though. It was a really fun weekend of wrestling. Uh, I guess a fun day, not really a weekend. Uh, but I got to watch a full day of wrestling, so I enjoyed it. And uh, this week, did anything happen on Raw last night? Nothing really. Nothing really notable happened on Raw this week. I don't think. Do you, do you guys remember anything? Nothing of note. Bobby Lashley got storyline fired. Oh, he got fired. fired. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Alexa Bliss did a thing. Did you guys see this? Uh, oh, Alexa she Bliss, did the whole. Yeah, she did a whole like blackout thing where she. Uh, almost got uh, Bianca Belair into uh, whatever Bray Wyatt's move, that Sister Abigail move. And then she's like, what am I doing? And she like snapped out of it. And, and I like that Bianca didn't even fight back. She was just like, girl, what are you doing? Yeah. yeah. It's clearly teasing to uh, I think there's a Wyatt stable on the horizon. And Yeah. Yeah. I think so. The, the, I forget what Alexa the doll is called. What's the Alexa Bliss doll? Uh, what is it called? I forgot. Yeah, it, it showed up on Dexter like, Lumis's suitcase, like when he was pulling in the suitcase or the bag or whatever. There was a there was an Alexa Bliss doll in that. So, oh, Lily, Lily, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, is it that 
Loomis and Bliss are going to be a part of this new Wyatt uh, faction. Is that the what they're teasing? I, I don't oh, know. Oh wow, that'd be cool. Loomis cool. would be Loomis would be a good addition to it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I hope to see Bo Dallas back in it too. <laughs> yes, I, mean, I believe he will be. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> All right, you guys. Uh, where can we find you on social media, Pratik? Yeah, I like it. Uh, the the listeners will never realize I always wave on this podcast. <laughs> no one can. There is no I video like wave, element. Dude. There is no, no video element to this, and I'm waving like a fucking idiot. Um, yeah, uh, comedy dot com, p r a t e k dot com. That's my website. My albums on there. Nick and Sheila's kid. My tour dates are on there. Uh, yeah, my web series, Neurotic by Nature, is on there. Every the, this podcast link is on there. Ooh. So yeah, just check it out there, guys. Yeah. Hell yeah. Xavier? Find you me. can find me on Twitter at Xavier Venom. You can find me on Instagram at Lord Xavier. Hit my link tree. You can listen to my music. You can listen to this podcast. And we also have a show coming up, Leveled, my band, February 4th in Margate, Florida. Tickets are on sale now. So go check that out. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. You can find me at Funky San Medina. And pretty much everything I do is at hypotheticalcompany.com, including this podcast. Hell yeah. Uh, 